I'll tell you one thing, uh, just as a testament, I'll kind of do a quick recap just even on Wednesday just to lay some groundwork just as we pick up steam because uh, there's just such, uh, such glory in, in, our, in our midst as far as for some things that, that God wants to do. And there's a multitude of things that God has been doing and a multitude of things that he desires to do. And we're glad to be a part of that. So um, I want to start off just with this illustration because I thought it was very powerful. And I didn't think about it until that night as I'm actually bringing forth the word because uh, the Holy Spirit, he'll do that with you. But, you know, I played, played a little bit of basketball. But I realized that there's a difference between playing street ball when you play out there on the street and then when you actually get together with some guys that are organized and have experience of being able to play organized ball with referees and things of that nature. So, of course, I started off playing basketball on the street. And, you know, you're thinking that you, you're nice. I'm 6'3". I started dunking at, I guess, when I was a sophomore in high school. And so, you know, I wound up playing, you know, on the streets. And then, you know, I played a little bit of just organized ball, but then I wound up playing in this, it wound up being a church league, but the guys that were part of the church league, many of them played college ball, Division I, Division II, Division III, and some of them played professional ball overseas. And then there was another guy uh, in particular, I'll never forget, named Terry Davis. He was 6'8". He actually played in the NBA. So needless to say, I'm, I'm six three and a half, six four, and of course I'm tall by your average standards, but when you get out there on the court, I'm a little guy. <laughs> so I gave an illustration. One time I got called, and this one dude that was about 6'7", and then when he just backed down, he's like, man, get out the way, little man. And I went flying. I was like, oh, need some help. But bottom line, I'm playing with these guys, and then the point guard that was on our team, he's, you know, uh, an alumnus of the university that I graduated from, a Hall of Famer for our, our college, VCU. So I'm on his team, and he's running point, and I'm just kind of getting out there, just getting used. And so... Say this is the basket right here, and so I'm just making a cut, and then I'm coming this way, and then next thing you know, he throws the ball. He throws the ball, and then I'm sitting here ducking, and I'm like, and I'm just kind of looking surprised, and then he's like, Walt, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, man, what are you doing? I'm just running this way. He was telling me, he was like, man, when you cut... I'm expecting you to understand that the ball is coming your way because you're going to be open. So I want you to start expecting now when you cut. And so I gave this illustration because it was powerful. So now what started happening, now as soon as I started cut towards the basket, I would run. Because, you know, you start off from a certain distance, right? Start off here, you set a pick so that way someone can you know, do what they need to do. So now I'm moving and I'm cutting and now I'm looking and the person that is supposed to be playing defense, they're trailing behind me. The person that is playing defense is not in position to be able to stop what's coming. Because more than often their back is turned towards, they're facing this way. I'm looking this way and then when the ball is coming, now my hands are open. My hands are in a position because I'm expecting the ball and I am ready to receive. I'm ready to receive and I'm in position to score and the defender or the enemy can't do anything about it. Now, this is one of the things that I realized when, when, when that point guard was doing that. What he was doing is the technique, and they even call it a football as well, is throwing me open. He wasn't throwing the ball to me. He was throwing the ball to the position where I'm supposed to be at to score. 
So again, the point guard was not throwing the ball to where I was. He was throwing the ball to where I was going. And so if I'm expecting, if I'm coming to this place right now with my hands up, someone put your hands up right now and just say, I'm open. open. Someone just say, I'm open. open. Yeah, now let's just praise him right there. You got both hands up. (laughs) Just say, I'm open. So turn to someone and say, cut with expectation or move with expectation. Move with expectation. And so I was taught that. I was taught that. So now, so now what wound up happening is when I wound up learning that, playing organized ball and people with skills, I was actually talking about how uh, Pastor Duncan, uh, you know, he was telling me about how I was able to be open. So then when I went out back on street ball and I have an opportunity to play point, ball, point guard and I see somebody cutting on street ball and I'm throwing them the ball, the same thing happens now. Now they're looking at me like, why would you throw it? And I'm like, man, you were open. You just didn't even know it. Do you know right now? Do not wake up another day thinking that it's just regular. Do not wake up another day just moving and then not expecting the ball coming to be where you're going. When you move and go with no expectation, those are the people that don't get past the ball. Because then what happens is people, people, what will happen? People that aren't even looking, the point guard's like, man, they're not even looking. I can't throw them the ball. He threw that to me just as a point of lesson, as a point of lesson in training and development. But then when people aren't even looking, because I've seen this, I've seen people, they're cutting, and I'm like, oh, man, they're going to be open. I was like, nope, I'm not going to throw it. Their head, their head is down. They're just running. Didn't Paul give instructions to say don't run aimlessly as one beating the air? There has to be a sense of expectation. And so with everything that God has been doing in our midst, there has to be an expectation. How many are expecting God to move just more and more? I'm telling you, he's moving globally. He's moving nationally. He's moving regionally. He's moving in the midst of our lives. There is good news going on. Oh, yeah, say this to somebody. There is something good about to happen to you. No, say that with conviction. Be like, man, I so believe it. I so believe it. Turn to someone, prophesy to him. Say, I prophesy there is something good that is about to happen to you. Yes, I prophesy to you there is something good that is about to happen to you. Come on. Come on, there was something good that is about to happen to you. No question, no doubt. And this is one of the things that I love about it, because you hear some people's like, man, there's so much chaos, there's so much drama, there's so much stuff going on in the world. I get excited. I was like, don't tell me the Bible ain't already prophesied this. And it's good news for us. So I'm in great expectation. I want all of us, we all should be in the spirit of expectation. This is one reason how I know, because last, last Sunday, I'm just amped up. It's just, I'm just going to be amped up from now on. This is just, sorry. I'm not, well, I can't even apologize. This, I'm just amped up. So last Wednesday, there we go. Yeah, just get a woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, we call that Rob Flair, not Ric Flair. <laughs> so needless to say, my wife and I, we were out on a getaway last weekend. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) 
And so uh, I sent a message to Pastor Gabe. I was like, you know, if there wasn't anything stirring upon your heart, you know, I'm really just sensing some expectation, uh, you know, to be able to minister on expectation. Then he sent word back. He's like, man, you know what? That's what was already stirring upon my heart. And, of course, God, you know, broke out with the testimonies and things of that nature. Needless to say, while we, we were in Virginia, we had an opportunity before coming back home uh, to be able to stop off at our former church. And then, uh, sure enough, the bishop there, you know, our, our, our pastor, uh, he was the one— uh, the word that he preached was expectation. And scripture says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So here's the thing. When God says something about expectation, we realize we can't expect on our own. He's the one that bursts that in us. You know, even for the women that have carried child, you were expecting. They say you were expecting because it was put there. <laughs> It's something, you know, we saw something, you know, we were at Love Park uh, yesterday, and this one guy that was there taking pictures of people there, uh, you know, it was part of his hustle. He wasn't on staff or anything. But he, there was this couple, you know, a few people that was in front of us, and then uh, it was a guy and a girl. He was like, yeah, you know what, just put your hand on her belly. So he was like, they were kind of looking kind of strange. He was like, yeah, put your hand on your belly. It's like, you know, a child. I don't think she was pregnant. But they did it anyway. She didn't look like she was pregnant. Uh, as far as for, you know, but I guess just the weight of her body build. He was like, yeah, go ahead, put your hand in your belly. You know, y'all, you know, got a child on the way. And I was like, oh, Lord, Jesus. <laughs> and he was like, and then afterwards, they took the picture. She was like, <laughs> you know, her facial expression just kind of, I'm sure that had to be the talk. So your facial expression is different when you're not expecting. <laughs> right? <laughs> When you are expecting, what do they say? Oh, you have a glow. You have a glow and there's expectation. There's something different about you. When So there should be something different about you because you're expecting something. It's like, man, why are you so upbeat? Man, I'm expecting. They can look at your belly at first and be like. <laughs> but all of us, man and woman, we are expecting. And so. Let's maintain that expectation for God to move. Have you ever asked something that maybe, maybe you asked of a favor and you kind of did it halfway, but it's like, man, you know what? I wonder if they'll be able to do this for me. And then when they finally do it, you almost get surprised. Like, man, I didn't really think you were going to do it. Anyone ever had one of those kind of experiences, one of those type of moments? I have. I'm going to get to the scripture in a little bit, but let me lay, lay this out. So... When you have those moments, there is already a level of expectation for you to be able to say just enough or to be able to make a request just enough. That's a manifestation. That's an expression of expectation. I will say this. Your expectation must be expressed. It must be shown in demonstration. It must, uh, it's, it's got to show in some format. But expectation is going to be so key. And so one of the things when the Lord was just even speaking to me about expectation, one thing that he was sharing is like, man, I want to make sure that my people, and then in particular for us gathered here today, that you are one. There's different things that we'll talk about, but that you are expecting favor. So just make that declaration right now. Say, I expect favor of the Lord. <laughs> We expect favor, and favor can show up in all types of ways. I like, I like how God will show up and demonstrate favor in the little stuff. 
Y'all ever been shopping and wound up getting a discount that was unexpected? Somebody say all the time. <laughs> you go shopping and then you pull up at the counter and be like, man, you know what? There's a discount on this or maybe we can apply this to it. And you're like, glory to God. And then what do you immediately do? You tell somebody, it's like, man, you know, it costs this much, but I got favor. I got favor. I remember just even being younger sometimes, and I don't eat like this, you know, like that anymore. But sometimes when you just get some extra fries in a bag that just spill over. <laughs> or someone just put a little extra something, something, it's like, oh, yeah. I remember one time I got an extra piece of fish one time. I was like, Yes. <laughs> It was good fish. I was only supposed to get four. I wound up getting fives. Like, multiply, Lord, multiply. But we want favor, expecting favor on, on and, and wherever we go, expecting favor on the job. I love those statements that people say. It's like when, when you hear and they share with you, well, normally we don't do this, comma, but. You ever had those people kind of pull you to the side and kind of give you just those little whispers? We're going to make an exception for you. We serve an exceptional God. So favor, look for favor to show up. Look for favor um, in every area. Ask for favor. This is one of the beautiful things about it in the kingdom because it's something that's not merited. You can't put a price on it. You can't put a price for favor, for access, for God being able to open doors for us to be able to walk through. And to be able to speak on behalf of his kingdom to people of influence. That's favor. And favor, God is looking to show favor for his children. That's a, that, 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 that is a distinction. That shows up. The people are like, man, you know what? Something always good to keep, something, something good just keeps happening to you. And that the world sees it. God is looking to extend his favor for us as long as we're open in anticipation and in expectation. Man's no does not mean God's no. I remember dealing with some, some stuff right now because, you know, when you're just, just even negotiating some things and then you go in and make an offer. And the Lord's like, man, ask for this price. I'm like, that's a crazy price. The list price is this. That's less than half. But that's the figure that he gives. If God gives you something when you're negotiating an offer, so offer it. Come back and they said, no. It's like, man, we're already doing exception at, at, at this price. No. And I was like, well, I kind of sat on them for a little bit because I heard their no, but I, I didn't hear no from here yet. I'm like, okay, so what do I need to do? Well, ask if there can be an exception for this area. So then I was like, well, can there be an exception regarding this? Can, can we possibly do something like this? And then the person was like, well, you know what? Let me go back and see what can be worked on. And then they start doing negotiation and adding stuff that I didn't even think about. And I'm like, man, that's great. So now the ball's in their court, but I'm like, God, I expect favor. We expect favor in every area. So just turn to someone right now. It might be a lot of turning, but we we're, doing, we're priming a pump right now so that way people understand that this is not normal. Don't expect normal. God is looking to use you to be bold. 
One of the biggest differences between regular font and bold font is that there's more of it. It's layered. So God is just looking to just bless you to where you stand out. Hallelujah. And here's the thing about it, because as we understand that, the favor is not just for you. The favor is something in order for it to continue circulating. It must be released. Favor must be extended to someone else. And here's one of the principles about favor. True favor from the heart of God is when you give favor to someone that has no ability to be able to pay you back. And here's the thing, even though we're talking about an expectation, you don't expect it from them either. That's favor. And then it just keeps on going. And here's another principle about favor. It does not return to you in the measure in which you've released it. Here you give somebody favor and then favor will show up to you in a multitude of areas. In a multitude of ways that you can't figure out. But God's got it all in his mind. Psalm chapter 102, verse 13. We'll start there. And I'm reading from the King James here. Matter of fact, let me start at verse 12. But it says, But thou, O Lord, shalt endure forever in thy remembrance unto all generations, unto all generations. We're just saying a beautiful generational song right now. We've come this far by faith. So now the young generation hears that. And then verse 13, thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion. This is a psalm talking about what the Lord is going to do. For the time to favor her, yea, the set time is come. For the time to favor her, yea, the set time is come. And I just personally believe that it is a set time, established time for God to be able to show favor that the world can't stop. You know, one of the beautiful things that I even get excited about is just even just the persecution of Christianity. It shows up differently in different parts of the world. And in our, in our society, you know, it's, it's a lot more ridicule going on about our faith. Or at least in the media and taking a stand for what is right. But here's the thing about it. When, when everything hits the fan, so to speak, when, when people start feeling more, more trauma and more drastic situations on the outside... God is going to have a a place for his people where there's provision, where there's blessing, where there's flowing. That way people can come and drink of. Favor must be seen. It must be released. So somebody to say, man, it is a set time for favor. I don't believe that we have to stay conditioned in a state of struggle. We don't have to eat struggle sandwiches. This is what a struggle sandwich is. I remember uh, when I was in college, a struggle sandwich, man, it was one of those times where my refrigerator breathed on me. This is what it means. I'm going to explain it to you. When I opened up the refrigerator, it was, <sighs> I was like, man, ain't nothing in there. <laughs> so what I scrounged together, I saw some bread and some mayonnaise. No meat. 
bread and mayonnaise. Ate that sandwich together. That sandwich. It's like, man, I wish there was some lettuce. I wish there was some. But I ate it, and then I'll never forget the taste, because I was like, man, it was like, I was like, thank you, God. But that's not something that we should always be. I just need to say, let's not get conditioned to struggle. When God is looking, it's like, hey, you're open. You're running with your head down, though. Well, Lord, I just want to be humble. and Yeah, yeah, I got that. I got that. But, but lift up your head. Look to the hills. Square the shoulders. It's like, man, you know what? I'm, and everybody can say this, I'm God's favorite. <laughs> How I know? Because he died for you. <laughs> That's personal. It's like, man, he died for me. I know he died for you, but I know he died for me. <laughs> And how are we God's favorite? Because he died for me. You're his favorite because he died for you. The set time of favor. Here's one of the things that um, I'm going to make this noise and it's real irritating, but it's so apropos. It's eh, 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 eh. What is that in a noise? What, what is that noise? My daughter just raised her hand. What is that noise? It's an alarm clock. <laughs> This is one of the beautiful things that we're working on. It's just when the alarm clock goes off. And this, is, and this is just some of everybody, but when the alarm clock goes off, it's to alarm you to let you know that it is time to wake up. The alarm clock can't wake you up, but it does alarm you to let you know that it is time to wake up. One thing that I've been doing, because uh, the Lord just instructed me, uh, just to kind of re readjust my time, because I've traditionally have been a night owl, where I can stay up to one, two in the morning, no problem. But he was like, man, you know what? We're going to shift. I need you to start getting back up early. And I was like, well, how early? He was like, okay, because I have an alarm now to go to bed. He's like, you got to go to bed at this time. So I was like, okay, maybe I need to get this much sleep. I started doing that. And then, but I started waking up, because I'm thinking in my head, how much sleep I need to get. And I was like, yeah, okay, I need this amount of sleep between seven, eight hours. Waking up, tired. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm getting, the quote, unquote, the amount of sleep that science says I'm supposed to have. <clears throat> then I asked him, what time do I need to get up? He said, five. I said, say that again? Yeah, come again? He's like, I am going to come again. He's like, you need to go to bed at this time, and I need you to wake up at 5. I was like, man, I haven't been waking up at 5 since, like, years ago. Now my alarm clock goes off. Now, you know, as I started doing that, I was like, okay, I'm going to set it at 5. And then even when I set it, it just looked different. Because, like, you know, I set it, it's like 5, Monday through Friday, 5 o'clock. But I've been getting up. And it's been great because I've been meeting him and he's been talking with me now in the morning. And now the day, now I'm, I'm just like real good because now I have just even more time to spend with him. And now I'm waking up with expectation. It's, it's getting to the point so much so now within the past few days, I've been beating my alarm clock. I've already been popping up and I'm like, man, what time is it? My body's already in anticipation. It's like, man, you getting ready to go talk to the Lord. 
I'm expecting. Don't I look big? <laughs> I'm carrying something in the womb in the spirit that the Lord has deposited. And I just believe in this season, it's just going to be easy delivery. <laughs> easy delivery. But now he was like, okay, now you've been getting up. Now you've been spending time, you've been reading this, you've been reading that, but now he's starting to add more. Okay, we're going to add more. Because now I get to hear everybody else alarm clock. And then just as a man at a head of the household, he's like, hey, you know, I want you to beat your family up so that way you can cover them before their eyes even get up. I'm like, oh, wow, Lord. So now I'm already establishing the day and the spirit. And my body, I'm like, Lord, I'm getting less, quote, unquote, rest on the clock but my body has been feeling better because this is the God-ordained time. And it's an expectation. He's like, okay, so now we're going to have this time. You're going to be able to do this. You're going to be able to exercise. You're going to be able to uh, read. You're going to be able to write a book. You're going to be able to pray, meditate, all before girls even get ready to go to school. He's like, are you anticipating that? Are you expecting that? Yeah. Why? Because it's the set time in the spirit. And, and, and one thing that you don't want to do when the alarm is going off is to wake up, cut the alarm, and then go right back to sleep. Or sometimes you hit snooze in the spirit before you even fully wake up. This is one thing that I realized that I couldn't do. I could not have the alarm right by my bed. Because I'll be half asleep, and, and, and then I'm just feeling for the phone. And then you're just cutting it off. Expectation again. You, I got to put the phone at a certain distance so that way I'm like, boom, I get up and I got to move. Now I'm just getting up. Now I get up so fast, I pop up and I'm just kicking the covers off. And I'm like, man, let's, let's ready. Let's go. Then my wife should say now, it's like, hey, you know what? Just make sure you're warm. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you're out there. Don't be cold. But I'm having a great time. I'm like, man, Lord, 5 o'clock is good. Some of y'all wake up at 5 o'clock. Some of y'all wake up even earlier. But it's good. But expectation, and I'm expecting, and guess what? Favor has been showing up. Let me just say this, because I kind of got notes, but I kind of don't. <laughs> when you have access to someone of some type of influence or some type of position, don't take that for granted. If someone that's in your life that can be a blessing and speak well of you and you have favor in their eyes and favor in their sight, this is where a false sense of humility can come in where you just keep your head down and not understand that God's trying to position you and the ball is coming your way. Because I would take on the mindset, it's like, man, you have favor with people of great influence, but it's like, ah, you know, I don't want to bother them. I don't really want to text them. I don't really want to ask, ask them for, for anything. I don't even really know what to say. Or I don't, and then I just get the I, 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 I. And the Lord's like, man, when are you going to talk to me about this? He's like, I've set this relationship up to be able to help you. He's like, eh, you know what? I just want to It's like, no. If you've been favored, you've been favored for such a time as this. So don't shrink down from the favor. Imagine if Esther did that. Would have messed up a whole nation. Mordecai's like, look, Esther, you got this favor with the king for such a time as right now. It's a set time. 
It's a set time of favor. So when you do that, it's like, man, God, I, Lord, I, Lord, help me even know what to ask. Lord, even give me what to ask. Lord, how do I need to even move in this relationship so that way we can grow? Because we're not going to do anything with God for God without each other. This is not an isolated life. So when we have favor with, one, with relationships, this is one thing that I didn't understand even going through college. I was just a regular student not realizing, hey, you know what? You need to make connections with people that can speak on your behalf, that can open doors that you, you can't. I'm going to get to another scripture in just a little bit, but let me just share this testimony. Even uh, back in Virginia, there was this big uh, church that my wife was a member of. We weren't married. Well, we, were just, we just got married, and the Lord was like, man, you know what? You need to uh, go ahead and, and join that ministry along with her, with her. Great. So joining that ministry also meant that I would be leaving my job because I worked for another church. And so got married. Don't suggest this for nobody. This is our testimony. <laughs> Got married without a job, but got blessings all the way around from, from both parents, because even apostle, he'll tell you, he's like, look, don't do that, but <laughs> favor. So needless to say, wound up uh, applying for this one position with the state, 60-something people applied, got the interview, five people came in for an interview, two people, myself and another person went in for the final round. They chose the other person. I got the letter. I put it on the refrigerator. I'm like, man, I'm getting closer. Instead of taking it as like a sting of rejection, it'd be like, oh, man, see, this always happens. Every time I try to do something, the doors always close. You cannot have that type of mentality in this season. You cannot let some closed door or rejection define God's plan for your life and who you are. Man, you know what? The whole mentality would be like, man, you know what? If that door closes, God, I'm excited. Because that means you might have two doors open on my behalf. So needless to say, I get to this ministry, and here's the thing. I joined a ministry at a time period when they didn't even ask for it. The pastor wasn't there, and so it was on a Wednesday night, and then they just kind of closed service. So I just came up after service. I was like, hey, um, how do you join the church? <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you sign up. So I signed up, did the thing, and then next thing you know, I wasn't even, I didn't even do my full, quote, unquote, 90 days to be on a helps ministry. Then the bishop comes and says, after a men's fellowship, that's why it's good to go to fellowships. That's why it's good to go to fellowships. I ain't hear enough amens. That's why I pause and give you, you know, opportunity. <laughs> but needless to say, comes up to fellowship, and he was like, yeah, you know, the bishop wants to see you. So I'm going into the office. He was like, yeah, how's things coming along for the job search? And I told him, I was like, hey, you know, I applied for this position. Sixty-something people applied. The reason why I knew, because it was in a letter. It was, just, it was just the nicest no that I ever got. <laughs> I was like, man, at least I was a finalist. But he was like, well, you know, God placed it upon my heart because of, you know, who you are and because of just even the way that you serve and you just being obedient to the Lord, I'm going to bring you on full time as a youth pastor. That was not my plans, not my intentions, but I was like, okay, God, this is really what, this is, this is really this life, huh? <laughs> this is what it is. This is what it's going to be because... So needless to say, so now, <laughs> the day where they bring before us after new members class, they present them before the congregation, I get announced doubled as a new member as, and as the youth pastor Whoa. of the church. And when I say this is a big church, it's thousands of people. They were like, glory to God. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
Here's what made it so interesting. The person that was the youth pastor, quote, unquote, in training, we were friends. We were friends. And so where I was at before, he would come over to my office and we just sit and chill and talk. And then when I came over there, I was like, hey, bro, whatever I, whatever I can do to help. I was like, I'm not even looking actually to be a part of the youth ministry. I just, I'm just being obedient to the Lord. I wasn't trying to be a part of youth ministry. But I'm just saying all that to say this. His, wow, it's tough because this is what favor does. I had no connection whatsoever. But they heard about who I was. Here's the other thing. Someone spoke on my behalf that I found out later. It's like, yes, yeah, Sir Walter, you know, this is some of the things that he's done. This is his heart. This is such and such, such and such. Wow, come to find out this was the same guy that was a point guard that was letting me know that I was open. I did not connect that dot until just now. Oh, that's right. And he's the one that connected me to my wife, him and his wife. I need to go back and hug him. <laughs> they set our whole lives up. <laughs> But favor, he spoke on our behalf because the bishop didn't know who, who I was, but he spoke, and he wasn't a member of the church, but he spoke on my behalf because he was a pastor, spoke on my behalf and said, hey, you know, this is Sir Walter. And so now that planet, and, and now I'm like, man, what kind of, kind of decision? Because the guy that was there that was the youth pastor in training, he wasn't on staff, but his mama was on staff. So now I'm walking into the office, but she was... You know, totally fine. She just understood, hey, you know what? It's the favor of the Lord. It wasn't any issues. I mean, we, that I'm aware of because we were totally fine. But God is looking to favor stuff that you, where you just come up behind the back door. People are like, man, who's this? How'd they get here? Or then when they try to look at your credentials, be like, eh. this is, it's not cliche. It's true. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Because what we do, we start to look at what we don't have. And then he's like, am I chopped liver to you? <laughs> I never had chopped liver, but I've heard that expression. He's like, you got me. And it's not a usury thing. God, I'm not trying to. You're not using God. It's all a part of his purpose and his plans. Let him favor you. Because some people have a difficult time receiving, so let me encourage this right now. Let him favor you for his namesake. You don't know what he's written in bold to cause you to stand out. You don't know what's written, but he's got your life in bold. You don't see the script, but he's got you in bold. Let him favor you. Let God favor you. Things you don't even realize because he trusts you with his favor. Because he knows, and even if you don't fully know, it's part of the development that says, hey, you know what? You're going to bless other people as well. But let me favor you first. And then don't forget that it's me blessing you. Tell other people, remind other people that it's my favor, that it's my blessing. Someone just say that right now. Say, amen. Someone just say, God, I'll receive your favor. God, I'll receive your favor. 
Because here's the thing, because there's one measure of favor that we, we, we start in, but, you know, it grows. It grows in stature with him. That's why he's like, hey, look, let me favor you in this season. And then as that happens, then you grow in favor with men. This is all setting stuff up, but God wants to be able to be a blessing so that way when people of means and influence and people of no means and influence, doesn't even matter. When they see our lives and then... Here's the two, twofold thing about it that's beautiful. When you have people of means and influence and then you're, you're well-to-do or very presentable or things of that nature, and then you wind up having access and rubbing shoulders and being a light to them, they're like, man, hold up, who are you again? Because you're speaking a blessing to my life that, that I'm not getting from other people. And then they'll pull you over to the side. It's like, man, this is what I'm going through. And then you wind up being a blessing that God would have you to have, and then people of no means that don't have anything, and then you come being a blessing to them with means, and like, man, why are you being a blessing to me? It works both ways to where we're still releasing favor, God's favor, the blessing for everybody. But we as his children have to understand it's like, man, I'm favored, and it's okay for him to favor me. It's okay for him to bless We got this prophecy, um, I've heard it a couple of times, about me just having cars. Someone said years ago, it's like, man, cars will be like toys to you. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I received that because I was taught to share toys. So if I get blessed with vehicles, hey, you know what? Show up to somebody with keys. This is one of the things that's powerful about favor is some people, even when we've done outreaches and, and, and giveaways, and you can turn the roof too while I'm, while I'm talking. <laughs> when we've done outreaches and giveaways and things of that nature, people have, we've literally had people ask us, man, why are you guys doing this? Why are you guys doing this? Like, I, 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 need, I feel like I need to pay something. It's like, no. It's the love of God. It's the love of Jesus. I'm sounding like Minister Mona right now. It's the love of Jesus. <laughs> the love of Jesus. Because he loves us. <laughs> Did I do a good job with that? <laughs> no, I love the passion. That is so good. <laughs> Shucks, I heard even on the audio, Manji sounded the same way. Jesus, he loves us. <laughs> Fired up. <laughs> no, but because they, they feel like it's like, man, why are you guys blessing us with this? What's, what's, what's going on? It's like, hey, you know, we're just sharing the love of God. Well, can I pay something? No, it's free. It's free. But if, if, if you want, it's like, no, no, let me just give something. Let me just give something. It's like, okay. And then, then they say, hey, you know, well, just because they just say it as a pass it on. Well, just take this and then just be a blessing to somebody else. Okay, yeah, we can receive. We'll do that. You can't pay for favor. And God is not looking for us to earn this by works. God, look at what, I, look at what I've done, so now you can favor me. Look at what I've done. You, we can't do enough good. It's not like it's a tally mark. Okay, one, two, three, four, strike. One, two, three, four, strike. One, two, all right. I just need him to do one more thing so that way I can favor them. He just said, nope, because I want to. I'm God, and no one can stop it unless you say no. Just say yes right now. 
I've heard, quote unquote, the random people, people that don't even know me, I've heard just over the years. And I'm like, okay, God, this isn't going to stop. But people have been saying, sometimes on the street, whatever the case may be. Um, but God is just saying that God is just requiring you to give him just one more yes. I'm like, man, another one? <laughs> I was like, man, I thought I said yes. Okay, God. I'm... And then I realized, like, oh, because there's some deep nose down there. <laughs> I'm saying yes to what I understand. And then when he unveils some other stuff, it's like, oh, Lord. He's like, yeah, now give me another yes. And it never stops. It never stops, but it opens doors, opens up favor. So, again, it's not something that we can earn. He's like, man, just let me bless you. That means we have to be obedient. Ruth can't go through the whole thing, but one chapter in particular that I'm just going to just read. Ruth was not a Hebrew. She was not an Israelite. She was not of the nation of Jews. She was married to one, but she was a Moabite because there was a famine in the land. And so um, Naomi was married to this gentleman named um, Ahimelech. You can look it up. I I forget how to pronounce it exactly. Uh, But in chapter one, so Naomi has two sons that marry two Moabite girls. And so uh, Naomi's husband passed away, Ahimelech. Her two sons die within like 10 years. It doesn't say how. And then she's left, and Naomi's older. She's left with her two daughters-in-law, but she calls them, of course, her daughters. So the two daughters was Oprah. Op- Y'all know. Thank you. I keep wanting to say Oprah. That's why I'm getting a little twitch, but it's not Oprah. So in uh, Ruth, which we're familiar with, but then, of course, we know Lady O says, hey, you know, I'm a-. Naomi says, hey, look, I don't have any husband. I don't have any sons. Go back to your homeland and Moabite. Go back to your family. And then Lady O, she goes. Ruth says, hey, I'm not leaving. She clings to her. Your people, she says this to Naomi, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And then Naomi hears that. It's like, okay, then come on. We're going back to Bethlehem. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. So when they get to Bethlehem, uh, long story short, They go back to Bethlehem because they realized that God's presence was there and that food was there. So that's why they went back. And, of course, traditionally speaking, if you don't have no man, if you don't have no husband, it's going to be hard for you to do, live, really, in those time periods. So they go back there. So here we go. Ruth, the book of Ruth. And let's just look at chapter 2. And Naomi had a kinsman. Uh, Let me read this from the New King James. Sorry. Had it in the Amplified. (laughs) Now Naomi, verse 1, had a kinsman of her husband's, a man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, let me go to the field. So this is Ruth saying this said, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him whose sight I shall find favor. Shall find favor. And Naomi said to her, go, my daughter. And Ruth went and gleaned in a field after the reapers. And she happened to stop at the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. 
And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant who was set over the reapers, Whose maiden is this? And the servant set over the reapers answered, She is the Moabitish girl who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from early morning until now. She has, and she came and has continued from early morning until now. Except when she rested a little in the house. So she was working. She was going to work. She was not lazy. Amen. She went to work. Somebody say, go to work. <laughs> go to work. Then Boaz said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, do not go glean in another field or leave this one, but stay here close to my maidens. Watch which field they reap and follow them. Have I not charged the young men not to molest you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should notice me when I am a foreigner? But didn't she just say in verse 2, Let me go to the field and glean from among the ears of grain after him whose sight I shall find favor. And then verse 10, Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and she said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should notice me when I am a foreigner? This is one of the beautiful things about it. And I liken this to this illustration. Can you imagine being thirsty, going to a water fountain to drink, and it's like, oh, man, this is refreshing. But then what God will do is like, when you're thirsty and you go to a drink, he don't just bring you to a water fountain, man. He just opens up a fire hydrant. That type of favor that he's just looking to just be able to bestow. And this favor is real peculiar. So she already had a mindset. It's like, man, let me go and just see if I might find favor. Some of y'all just might need to do that. Like, let me just go and just see if, I'm, if there might be favor. If God is, is, God is working in this area. I'm already expecting favor. So let me go in this field. And here's the thing. When you get there, when you get to a place, make sure you show up. Don't be like, yeah, I'm looking for favor, and then be lazy. That counteracts what, what God is trying to do and what God is trying to set up. Because I, I believe that, man, he's just looking to open doors that we don't qualify for. She wasn't of the nation. She shouldn't have been with, like, everybody else, getting blessed in harvest time. And Boaz said to her, verse 11, I have been made fully aware of all you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people unknown to you. Verse 12, the Lord recompense you. The Lord recompense you. The Lord recompense you for what you've done and a full reward be given you by the Lord. The God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken to the heart of your maidservant, though I am not as one of your maidservants. 
And many of us are familiar with the story, and you can read on, just even meditate on it, just play it just even audibly, because it's, it's just so good. But she winds up, long story short, marrying Boaz, and then being in the lineage, um, the grandmother or great-grandmother of King David. But this is what's powerful, because even when she bore a son named Obed, because, okay, thank you, I'll, I'll come back to that. Even when she bore a son named Obed, the servants came and brought the, grand, the son to Naomi, who was a grandmother. But then they said this, look, Naomi, the Lord has blessed you with a son. Because what Naomi, whose name means my delight, after she experienced what she experienced, she says, man, you know what? The Lord is just dealing very uh, bitterfully with me. People are like, man, when she came back to her homeland, look, it's Naomi. Look, it's my delight. She was like, no, don't call me my delight anymore. Call me my, my, Myra, which was bitterness because the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. But look at what God, look at what God done. He's like, look, this is, I got something so big right now. So don't even let past experiences frustrate expectation. Especially when it's harvest time. Somebody just say it is harvest time. <laughs> and when it's time to harvest, we got to do like Naomi from sun up till now, God will give you the energy. He'll give you the energy to be able to reap and do what needs to be done, to be able to reap, store, so that way we can be a blessing. But he's looking to show favor. And we got to be open and in expectation of this favor. So now when you wake up in the morning... You wake up, man, you kick the covers off. I remember even hearing this from uh, John Maxwell. He was talking about, because he's a prolific writer. And people were like, man, how do, how do you write so much? He was like, man, I, I get up. And I didn't realize this until I just heard the podcast maybe like a couple of days ago. He's like, yeah, I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning in anticipation. So now that, that stoked the embers of my faith. I'm like, okay, God. Now I'm going to be in even greater expectation, especially in the morning. And then going to bed at night, it's like, man, glory to Jesus. We got this nice little meditation music playing. But in fresh expectation, but now in f expectation of favor, you know, one of the things, especially even when you look for a job, they have something called qualifications. If that's something that God moves upon your heart, then apply. Well, I don't have this degree. I don't have that. Apply anyways. Just break out and apply. One thing that I learned from my dad, uh, whenever we go out somewhere, he's always asking, is there a military discount or something for seniors? <laughs> he's looking for favor. And then he knows how to talk to people, because uh, you can't talk to people downwards and be all mean, because you just never know who you're talking to. You've heard people, I've heard of stories, people talking down to somebody and then wind up the same person, seeing them at another position, 
at another moment and realizing they were the decision maker for the favor that they needed. And realize, oh my gosh, this is the same person who I spoke wrong to or ill of. And it was bad. And then afterwards, knowing all you have done, it's like, yeah, nope. <laughs> I've already demonstrated to you my character. <laughs> but all that to say this, man, God is mindful of the seeds that you've sown and the blessing in the lives of the people that you've been, been in. I say this, you've been a blessing to at least somebody's life at some point in time or another, and he's looking to recompense. One of the things that I appreciated later in the story, uh, when, when Boaz was redeeming the family, Naomi told him, it's like, look, give this matter, like, this is going to be settled in the day. He's going to get, Boaz is going to get this taken care of today. When it came time to redeem, and he restored the whole family. We're going to talk about just even restoration and family and all that kind of good stuff just even on Wednesday. But it don't take long. When God shows favor, you don't have to be like, oh, man, you know what, maybe, maybe 2020. Yeah, because 2020, yeah, I'm expecting for 2020. Don't skip this year. Well, man, you know what? God, God really shows up in the fall. If you expect him now, he can show up now. Just break out of anything that's just old that just locks, locks in, because uh, we can get real religious unaware. But the time for favor for you, the time for favor for you is now. I know we caught some of a little tail end. My wife was catching some of a tail end of a message. I'll finish with this, right, and this is a real quick finish. Um, of this lady at Voice of the Prophets, which, you know, our overseers were at uh, last night. It was long, powerful. So we're like, look, they, they need to re recover, amen, <laughs> and, and, and rest. But the, the lady that was speaking, man, the ladies were rocking at the Voice of the Prophets. I mean, just like featured, they were like, the three that were there, weren't they evening speakers? Patricia King, I forget the other lady's name. Yeah, Carol Leaf. Needless to say, we'll send, send the information for y'all to kind of glean from that. Bottom line, but she was given an illustration or an example that she knew of a, heart, uh, a farmer. And the farmer was telling her about the time of harvest. And that the best time of harvest is when it's golden. That's the, the, the time that uh, harvest is golden. But when it turns white, that you really, if you're still harvesting when it's right, then you need to totally accelerate your pace. You need to totally accelerate your pace. But then one of the things, when it is white, it kind of just, just falls off. It just, the, the grains just fall off. The grains just fall off when it's, when it's white. But you want to get it then because when it turns black, it's no good. And we remember what Jesus said about the harvest. It's white. That means we got we to gotta roll. Don't take anybody that you encounter for granted because life is a vapor. If they don't know Jesus, if you have an opportunity to at least share the gospel with them, invite them to the Lord, please do so. If they come across your heart, please pray for them. Send a word, send a text, give them a call, leave a voice message so that way they can hear your voice, whatever the case may be. But the harvest is ripe. 
and the harvest is ripe for you of people. The harvest is ripe of even possessions, things. God has no problem with that whatsoever. How many of y'all are expecting favor? Let's stand. <laughs> favor with God, favor with men. <laughs> favor with judges. Favor, I don't care who the favor needs to come from. Favor with human resources. You can have favor with human resources because we have favor with Holy Ghost resources. That's that HR that we got favor with. <laughs> we got holy resources. So this is just quick, uh, but I, you know, just hear the Lord. Uh, I just kind of jotted it down because I just heard it real quick, but just from God's heart, it's like, man, you know what? Just give me something to favor. In other words, be in emotion. Present something to me so that way I can favor. favor you. Don't just keep it as just an idea, as just a thought. And of course, there's, 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 there's favor because then even as we do that, then there's just favor that's just so uncommon, so extreme that it's like, man, God, I didn't even ask for it, didn't do anything. It, it just, he just does it. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's a project, whatever it's, whatever, whatever the case may be, I can't speak specifically to it. But give him, give him something. It's like, man, give me something to favor. Give me something to bless. Give me something to breathe upon so that way I can just let the floodgates of favor just to be able to flow, just to be able to pour out. No more good ideas. Our bank is full of them. <laughs> There's got to be a with withdrawal because he's like, look, man, I, oh, he wants to bless and favor so much. It's like, it's you I want to bless. <laughs> the world gives them stuff. Not that they didn't even present it to it, but they're just using what they got. And then they get one level of just, it's just a principle. But then it's something that God specifically wants to do for his children that just, that, that people see the difference because there's an anointing going in it that changes lives. So, Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus uh, for an expectation of favor. I thank you, God, for a freshness, not because of who we are. God, and even for the mistakes, Lord, I thank you for your forgiveness. <laughs> that you're still looking to favor in just because that's what you're looking to do. So, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that there's no inner hindrance. God, I thank you, Lord, that there is a release right now to be able to receive. God, I thank you, Lord, that there's release, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that there people are just even releasing themselves, God, that we're releasing ourselves to be able to receive of you. And that every thought, God, that tries to come up against that gets uprooted and cast down now in the name of Jesus. Father, I declare favor in this place, favor for your people, favor that, that they get recommended for stuff that they didn't even know about, for opportunities and meetings and events and things of that nature, God, that they're not even aware of, but you are. 
because of their lives before you, God. And I thank you, Lord, that it'll be such a blessing that's just running over. That it'll be just such an outpouring. <laughs> because of such as we have, we give. <laughs> so, Father, again, I declare and decree in the name of Jesus an expectation, a fresh expectation of faith, of favor. God, that even now, Holy Spirit, that you're just uh, showing us what we have in our own house that the Lord is looking to bless and to favor. And Lord, and that we begin because the harvest is white ripe. God, and that we work with diligence, that we work with focus, that we work with anticipation and an expectation. And I thank you, Lord, for meeting us, Lord, even in those set times where we gather to hear from you and to be in your presence. I thank you, Lord, for such divine encounters, God, that we can't even explain. Pull us up out of tradition, God. Pull us up out of things, God, that we've maybe even hindered ourselves from. Because of our own self-awareness and deficiencies. God, so I thank you, Lord, that we're even more aware of your grace. <laughs> so I thank you, Lord, that in this season, in this hour, that there was a growth of favor. A growth of favor. A growth of favor. Yep, God, I thank you, Lord, for a boldness to be able to ask, a boldness to be able to seek, a boldness to be able to knock. I'm just even hearing this. You know, that even includes forgiveness if you need to ask forgiveness. Because then that's asking forgiveness uh, or favor even for someone else to forgive. And then the ball is in their court, whether they do or don't. But that's a boldness as well. God, but I thank you, Lord, for the persistent asking, the persistent seeking, the persistent knocking because of expectation. God, show your people that they're open. And that even as our hands up now, God, that you're looking to Passover <laughs> with your glory. We're in great expectation. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God.